This week on Developer Weekly. If you only even look at the IoT part on Azure, because Azure is massive in terms of amount of services. And I try to follow everything, which is impossible, of course. But only the IoT stuff, which I'm very interested in, even that part, if you see what they're doing there, it's, it's really amazing. Hey, friends. Are you stressed, burnt out, or on your way to burnout? Or do you just want to become healthier? My new course will teach you what stress is and how to recognize a burnout and also how to prevent it and recover from it by working on the pillars of health like sleep, food, exercise, clean living and active relaxation and also by changing your life, your work, relationships and your environment. Even if you are not burnt out or stressed, you can use these tactics to become healthier and live a longer and happier life. Check the course out at azureberry.com burnout. And if you don't have access to Pluralsight, reach out to me on Twitter or email and I'll send you a 30-day free trial code that you can use for this course and all other Pluralsight courses. Again, check it out at azureberry.com burnout. Welcome to another episode of Developer Weekly. This week, I'm talking with Jurgen Kevelaars about all sorts of things, including IoT. Jurgen is an independent software architect and developer working on scalable solutions that run in the cloud. His main focus is the Microsoft Azure and .NET ecosystem. And he's also an avid Pluralsight author with quite a lot of courses under his belt. Hey Jurgen, how are you doing? Hi Barry, I'm fine. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. So uh, you create Pluralsight courses, just like me, and you've created mm -hmm. quite a lot since you started because you started like last year, right? Creating courses. Yeah, I think I'm coming up on a year uh, this month or next month, something like that. Uh, oh, right, a year already. Yeah. Wow, time yeah. flies. Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> and how many courses do you have in the, in the Pluralsight library now? Uh, I have 12 now and I'm finishing two more, so... Uh, wow. Next month, I probably will have uh, 14. That is It's incredible. going uh, very well, yeah. Yeah. Jiminy Christmas. How are you <laughs> able to uh, to even do that? Like, uh, that's a lot within a year, courses like that. How do you do that? Yeah, well, I made the conscious decision to um, put all my time into Pluralsight, see how it goes. Um, I've become kind of a, a full-time author right from the start. Uh, and... I've just been hacking away, uh, finding opportunities, um, making a lot of hours and, um, you know, uh, cramming them out. And it's been going very well. I had some uh, very f good feedback, which, of course, is very motivating, makes me yeah. even work harder. And, of course, I had some luck uh, probably with getting good opportunities. Um, I've done a lot of courses in an IoT path for yeah. Microsoft AC220 exam. And that's how it's been going. And now I'm uh, doing some courses on an AI path for Microsoft exam. So uh, I hope it keeps going like this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too for you. I think uh, yeah. uh, many uh, freelancers and also Pluralsight authors would be uh, jealous of your progress within a year because that's that's really special. Yeah, I absolutely cannot complain, of course. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of a trade-off, of course, uh, as a freelancer. Um, I used to work for clients a lot. I still do a little bit now, but I've decided to put all my eggs into uh, one basket for the moment. 
and that's yeah. the global side and see how it goes. And if it's uh, successful, I, I think I will stay uh, with that because I really enjoy it. Um, I really uh, enjoy doing all the research, uh, putting together slides, you know, demos uh, yeah. and explaining stuff. I get people in, in, in my LinkedIn messages, uh, hey, I passed the, the exam with your course, which of course is fantastic. Yeah. Very fun to do. So um, yeah, it's going very well. Yeah, yeah, that's extremely motivating when people uh, reach out to say that they enjoyed your course or that that they that it was useful. They passed an exam or something. That's very cool. Yeah. So um, you were then able to do that financially as well. So basically, you took a year off of clients, right? Yeah, it's a bit of a gamble. Um, it's not that I have that much. Uh, I'm not uh, filthy rich or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a gamble. Um, I just told myself um, I'm going to go all in on the courses um, and do a little client side of little work for clients um, just to keep uh, my head above water, so to speak, uh, every month. And then um, after a year or two, I'm going to see where I stand. If my pluralsight courses are successful enough to keep doing that, I'll I'll keep doing that even more. Uh, If not, I... I can always go back to doing more consultancy work, of course. Um, yeah, I have the advantage to be in in a, in a sector in the IT um, business. I have no shortage of interest of of, of clients, of course, <laughs> uh, in what I do. So I can always go back. But uh, I really enjoy making courses. Um, I didn't think I would like it that much in the beginning, uh, but it's really my thing. So. If I could, I would be just a full-time author for the rest of my career, I think. (laughs) And do a a little, uh, I don't know, a little, uh, maybe some conference stuff, a little video talks here and there. Uh, But it's, uh, you you know as well, you know, working for clients can be fun, but there's a whole other side (laughs) to working for uh, companies that's not uh, so much fun. And uh, creating courses, it's it's all my own time. I can, I create a planning I try to uh, follow it. I can work in the weekends. I can work in the evenings. I can do kind of whatever I want as long as I make my deadline. Yeah. There's a lot of freedom there as long as you make your deadline. And it's and all the research and digging in, it's just, I learn a lot, of course. And it's really fun stuff. I learn. I, I uh, still enjoy tinkering with uh, very technical stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, especially stuff that... Um, most people never find out or don't use um, like little details. Um, I tend to play with it a lot and then it, it turns up in my demo and then I get like reactions. Where, oh, I never knew that this was possible. And then I know oh, I did my job well, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that sounds like, uh, well, everybody can do that, right? Everybody can just uh, go through the documentation, learn a bit, and then create a course. But I think it's more complicated mm-hmm. than that because of your experience. You're a very experienced person. You know mm-hmm. kind of where things might go wrong. You know kind of where um, uh, where the learning points are and where those things are that almost nobody knows. So you know where to look. And you kind of also know how things probably work. So if you dive into a new topic, that your experience probably helps, right? Uh, yeah, I think... Um... I've been doing this uh, IT thing, let me think, uh, for more than 20 years now. <laughs> and I've been pretty much on the, the Microsoft road, you know, uh, .NET from the beginning, Azure from kind of uh, when it started, 
doing a lot of the exams. That's really my, my world, you know, the Microsoft.net and cloud stuff. Yeah. And from doing a lot of exams myself and, and watching courses in the, in the past, um, and I having experienced some courses from teachers, you know, in person, physical courses, I have, I think I have a kind of a, a sense of how to teach stuff and what is important, what isn't important and what learners are looking for. You know, you can, yeah, you can, yeah. you can create a course of two hours and not tell anything interesting if that makes sense yeah and make a short course but telling everything they need to know you know it's 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 it's, it's really for me it's about quality not quantity and they i've done a lot of exam type courses now you know yeah. for uh getting people to take the microsoft exams and then it's really i really point out by taking the exams myself i know what's important i really point out throughout my courses you know um Look out, this one is important for the exam. This is not so important. It's nice to know. It's nice to play with, but for the exam, it's not that important. Yeah. And and it works, you know, apparently. <laughs> I hear from a lot of people that they use it to pass the exams. So. Yeah, and that's the stuff people are looking for, I guess. Uh, you know, the experience as well. Because they can mm -hmm. look at the, the exam website and see, you know, you, you need to know these and these and these things. But it doesn't tell you uh, where to look out for or which things are actually important or which things really aren't that important. So that's mm -hmm. very useful. Yeah, and I think uh, if you look at the exam guidance from Microsoft, I think it is really excellent. If you look at Microsoft Learn, that's amazing, this, uh, the Microsoft Learn modules, and it gets better and better. But uh, if you take the exams, um, if you just follow the exam objectives, they line out for you and only do that. You only, you always get a stuff of uh, a lot of stuff in the exams that you haven't seen anywhere <laughs> on, on Microsoft <laughs> Learn in, in the exam <laughs> objectives. Then you go like, hmm, I didn't know I needed to know that. Yeah. Um, and those are especially the kind of things that I try to touch in my courses. So we get yeah. complete courses. And that's, that's, of course, the experience of you doing the exam yourself and working with the stuff I, uh, in practice. I've done a pretty big project uh, for a client, an Azure project for the last three or four years, incorporating a lot of the IoT stuff. So it's, it's really from experience point of view in my case. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about that for a bit as well, because uh, actually I know this client and uh, it's yeah. a very interesting project as well. Because they have lots of uh, Azure bits and .NET bits as well. So uh, maybe when we start talking about IoT, which is something that you teach about a lot uh, in your Pluralsight courses as well, you have a lot of experience mm -hmm. in, maybe we can start by uh, talking about what that actually is, because it might be confusing uh, what IoT means. You know, it's Internet of Things, but what are those things? Yeah, um, if you look at... It's not. It's of course not only an Azure thing. IoT is is an, a universal thing. Uh, mm -hmm. But for me, of course, it's very much focused on Azure. Um, yeah, Internet of Things. Very simply put, um, it's. Um, I always say you have a lot of devices. Can be anything. Um, they can be anywhere. <laughs> they collect a lot of stuff, and that ends up in your uh, in Azure, for example. And you have some key services that play a part, like IoT Hub that collects the data. Uh, but there's so much going on in IoT on Azure lately that it's, it's, it's kind of hard to keep up. Um, 
if we look at uh, what I did for the client we talked about, uh, we set up all this cool stuff with IoT Hub and analytics and uh, you have time series insights, all those kind of services that are connected. And then we built a lot of custom stuff that wasn't there yet. Uh, yet. And now we see things appear like IoT Central, for example, which I did yeah. a course on recently, which does a lot of stuff that I created uh, custom stuff for in the slide. <laughs> <laughs> but that's always... It, it always goes like that. You, you, something isn't there. You try to make it, and then Microsoft yeah. comes with something fantastic that uh, washes that all away. But I think if you look at its services, um, like IoT Hub, IoT Central, those are really central services. It can process massive amounts of data. It's really mind-boggling what you can do. And you have now uh, newer things like Azure Digital Twins. It's now a big thing where you have a kind of a digital representation of even entire cities in real time that you can manage and uh, follow up. So it's it's um, enormous uh, amount of stuff going on in Azure IoT. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit. So you said uh, there are many devices. So IoT consists mm -hmm. out of devices, things that can be anything and can be anywhere, <laughs> right? So so yeah. what kind of things are we, are we are you talking about? Well, if you if you uh, look at the practical example, for example, the the project I've been looking on, uh, working on, we have mobile apps or mobile devices, which can be Android apps uh, and other operating systems. There are um, sensors in uh, vehicles, which record record locations like GPS locations, latitude, longitude, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. fuel consumption, um, uh, when a vehicle is driving, when it stands still, stuff like that. Third-party uh, devices um, from, like, let's say you have a caterpillar <laughs> uh, machine in the field somewhere that collects data, uh, and that all comes in in uh, through IoT Hub. And behind IoT Hub, you have uh, routes. You can route your data into different endpoints on Azure. For example, um, location data might go into an analytics stream somewhere where you have to yeah. perform um, ge geospatial analysis uh, in which zones uh, what was that machine from when to when and um, tracking hours of people. The people have uh, mobile devices with them. The service always knows where someone was. I, I also work with Azure Maps. We also work with Azure Maps for this project. And we draw zones, for example, which are um, project locations for yeah. people. So we know where someone was on which proje project from when to when. That's, of course, very, very valuable information for managers uh, to track their persons. And we know where all the vehicles are, how much fuel they uh, spent, stuff like that. Right. And, uh, those kind of devices you can have. Uh, but there are there's a, a catalog from even certified devices from Microsoft that you can uh, use. And I think, I don't know how many are in there, but there are. Uh, really a lot of devices that you can use for all kinds of uh, things, you know, measuring temperature, stuff like that. Oh, well, the, very the, cool. It's, possibilities are uh, virtually endless. Yeah, so it can really be anything, including an app on a phone even, as long as it's something that just collects information and sends it to somewhere. Yeah, you can. Uh, there, there's, um, of course, Microsoft have, has APIs and SDKs for virtually anything they do. Oh. Um that's the beauty of Azure. You have a, a REST API over virtually any service they have. Yeah. And and usually SDKs that wrap the APIs in, yeah. in 
four or five different programming languages uh, and almost always uh, one in C Sharp or .NET. So as long as you can program something that uses the SDK, you can collect data from anywhere. And then you have the IoT Edge, of course, to take um, a lot of processing usually happens in the cloud, but yeah. you can move a lot of that uh, to the device itself to, if you have processing power enough on the device itself, kind of a lot of uh, from the power you need in the cloud to the device, then you can collect there, pre-collect data and then send it to the cloud. Like um, there is the uh, Azure Cognitive Services have a, an offline version of their uh, yeah. custom vision service. And yeah. that thing you can run on an edge device, like you say, like on a device that has enough uh, mm-hmm. power that then has that offline uh, machine learning AI model. And that can then detect things using custom vision, like, uh, uh, you know, ping me when you see a dog, for instance. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned it because uh, one of my courses that is coming up is uh, kind of covers that. And ah, cool. normally, normally you have this image recognition stuff running in the cloud, Yeah. Uh, the model, and then all the processing happens there. But for some um, uh, applications uh, that can be too slow, you know, the way from the device to the yeah. over over the internet to the cloud, uh, like cameras that have to react very fast to things yeah. they see, and then you can uh, yeah kind of download the model and the processing to what we call the edge. Then it it, it works uh, much faster on the device, yeah. and you only send information when it is needed, when you need to be notified or mm-hmm. at intervals. Yeah. And that's something I'm looking at uh, in one of my next courses. As well, so that's really fun stuff to play with. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> that is very cool. And uh, so there's lots of devices, uh, lots of uh, certified devices as well. And I know Microsoft mm-hmm. also has uh, some sort of IoT secure hardware. It's called I, uh, Sphere, Azure Sphere, Microsoft Sphere. Do, do you know what it is? Um, I haven't worked with it. Um, I've read about it, but that's not uh, one of my areas uh, of expertise for yeah. now. Okay. Uh, I haven't had to cover it uh, in my exam path. I'm no expert on, uh, on Sphere. Okay. As far as I've uh, read, and I only only read about it, is that uh, you can use that as like a, a hardware basis platform to then create these sensors, but then using Microsoft uh, hardware basically, okay. which is then secure and works very well with all their yeah. uh, with the cloud, of course. Yeah, it's amazing how many new stuff is coming out. Uh, only <laughs> if you only even look at the IoT part on Azure, because Azure is massive in terms of amount of services. And I try to follow everything, which is impossible, of course, but only the IoT stuff, which I'm very interested in, even that part, if you see what they're doing there, it's it's, it's really amazing. And I'm like the digital twins I talked about. I'm, I'm looking a bit more at that now, but it's really, I, I, I find it amazing where they find the manpower to, <laughs> to build those kind of services so fast. It's, it's really, uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing the effort that uh, Microsoft puts into uh, Azure. But then again, you know, yeah. Microsoft nowadays is Azure, as in that's yeah. the main <laughs> thing they do. So if you see the revenue, uh, I think oh, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's it's becoming the most important thing they do, uh, yeah. without yeah. a doubt. Which is of course very good for us. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, it it becomes easier and easier, like you said. 
you know, previously where you had uh, holes in features that you say, oh, well, well this uh, IoT hub doesn't do this, so then we need to build a custom thing. And now mm-hmm. there's, there's a, a more accessible thing that does it all for you and makes it even uh, available for, let's say, business users to just click together an IoT solution on a higher level. I think mm-hmm. that that's, it seems to be that a lot of services are moving into that direction where you do have the uh, low-level services that as a developer you can use and click everything together. But then there's mm-hmm. also higher-level services that, uh, let's say, business users or less technical people can use to just you know, use it as a service instead of using lots of development power, which is less mm-hmm. customization, less customizable, but still you, you can still create a, a working solution with that. Yeah, and I noticed that in 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 the real field, <laughs> so to speak, as well. Um, like with the, that big client I was talking about, he is like the owner is totally not non-technical. And mm. I've kind of <laughs> have a hard time uh, trying to explain some things to him. But then something like IoT Central, for example, I showed him some videos. I showed him how to work, and he, he just he just gets it. It's it's yeah. really aimed at at the higher level, and you you see the reports coming in, and that's the kind of stuff that they understand, and yeah. they don't care, of course, about how it technically how you get the data into the system. We find that very interesting, but um, like managers uh, don't care about that. They want to see how, how great the visualizations look, uh, what they can do with the data, what the data means for them. And um, services like Azure IoT Central are perfect for that. Yeah. If you talk about um, new features that are developed, the Microsoft is kind of open sourced virtually everything now, which helps a great way in getting new stuff very fast. I know I noticed that. Earlier, everything was kind of yeah like a closed box. You didn't have so much to say about uh, yeah. services uh, also with .NET for example yeah. but they open sourced almost everything and they are really fast if you have something that's missing and you you uh, indicate that and and it's really something that uh, they believe in that's important uh, within within a, within a matter of time uh, uh, it exists somewhere you can use it yeah hmm. yeah it's pretty pretty amazing um, hmm. and uh, like you say the, the business users get it. They, they see the value of something mm-hmm. like an IoT Central. And that's basically what it's all about, right? Because it's not per se the business users, but it is the business. Because they are using this to actually create value, like those reports that create value, mm-hmm. like that, that tell yeah. them where vehicles are and where efficiencies can be won, for instance, because then that's the value of, of the whole solution. Where we are in the nitty gritty, caring <laughs> yeah. about how to connect things it's really yeah. not interesting for a business or for, for the bottom line of a business. So I think, uh, you know, it's not, might not be great for developers in the long run, but <laughs> if we can move up the stack more and more so that we can just add uh, more value to businesses easier without doing all those plumbing things that we do over and mm-hmm. over, like connecting things, which mm-hmm. aren't really that interesting to the business itself, that's, that's yeah. just better for, uh, for business ultimately. Yeah, exactly. And I can't tell you how many time, times I've been asked from where do I uh, get the data in Power BI? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like every manager I've ever met. And with IoT Central, for example, you just do two clicks and you are connected and uh, you hook yeah. it up to Power BI. And um, it's funny because uh, Microsoft is really investing in the Power BI stuff as well because 
almost any IoT service has some kind of connector to Power BI, Power <laughs> BI now. So I'm always glad I'm able to sell, hey, look here, you know, no yeah. problem. <laughs> we can connect it uh, like that. And then they are happy, you know, they can work with the data, Power BI, stuff like that's what they understand. That's what they used to work with. And I think indeed that we're going to a more like, let's say a, a low code uh, experience with, yeah. a, with a lot of stuff. And of course, purely as a programmer, you might not be that happy with with uh, with it, with those kind of developments. But I think it's natural. Um, we've been doing the same stuff like 20 years. Every project yeah. you begin, uh, the first two weeks, you're doing plumbing that you've done a hundred of times. So it, it's natural that that there there's an, that those things kind of disappear or, or get done for you. And of course, if you look, I keep mentioning IoT Central, but it's a good example. I think it uses like 30 or 40 IoT services under the hood, which you don't know about. It's really, and that's all the plumbing we're talking about, of course. It's, yeah, yeah. You, you just configure some devices and stuff comes uh, in. You get dashboards, everything happens for you. Um, versioning updates, models, whatever you want. But of course, there's a massive amount of, of plumbing going on. Underwater. Yeah. And if you're really purely a programmer uh, in this kind of um, area, like Azure uh, Cloud, I think it's important that you look at more, a bit more the infrastructure side, uh, management side, the high, higher level stuff, because that's where it's going. Looking purely only programming that I don't think that will be around in the next uh, or in uh, 20 years. Yeah, yeah that, that's interesting. So you say, as a developer, you should look more at uh, the management piece of, of the services. So um, being a developer, how do you see our role in, uh, let's say, in uh, 10 years from now? Is it completely different or do we still um, program all the... That's a hard stuff? one. I think um, but that's purely my perspective. If we like it or not, uh, I think AI is going to do a lot of our jobs <laughs> in yeah. uh, like 10 years or not even 10 years. But I think we should embrace... The, we can we can fight against it, but as useless, we should embrace those things. I think we we will never ever get to a point where you really don't have to program anything. I've worked for a lot of clients. Everyone has their own specific um, problems for their business, which are hard to make generic or work for everyone. So you always have to do custom stuff. But the main things, the plumbing. Um, the general services, uh, I think a lot of, I, I think we will come to, I, I see us in 10 years talking to uh, our development environment. That's kind of a dreamer. I want a system <laughs> that does this and this and this, and we see models appear and it puts it together. I, I think the, sooner or later that uh, that will happen. I don't know if it will be in 10 years, um, yeah. but uh, as a nice anecdote, my, my daughter who's now becoming 12 and she's, um, She's going to another school now and um, she's kind of going to a science IT direction. And um, if if I see what they're doing at age 12 in school, it's like robotics AI. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. when I started, I was doing Pascal on the command line, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, and if you see this, like, um, and it's amazing stuff, of course. I'm very happy that children are already learning that, that kind of stuff. But then within 10 years, then we can be doing what we're doing now in the same way. I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Wow, that's very yeah. useful. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. I think uh, we're nearing the end of uh, this episode. 
So uh, where can people find uh, you, more about you and your courses? Uh, my course, of course, uh, you can just check my uh, profile on Plural site. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I have my blog at jurgenonazure.com. People can just reach out to me. Okay. And I'm happy to uh, answer any questions that they might have. Or <laughs> wishes or <laughs> useful wishes. feedback. Useful feedback. Yeah. <laughs> ah, right. Be careful with wishes. That, that can be yeah. uh, can become very tricky. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm open to most things uh, as long as it's constructive, you know. If it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like yeah. your course sucked without a reason, <laughs> that doesn't help me very much. Yeah. yeah. All right. I will link to all of those uh, things in uh, the show resources so that people can just click on it and uh, go to them. I would also encourage you to, when you go to uh, Jurgen's Pluralsight landing page, to click the follow button there. Then you can follow him yes. on Pluralsight. So whenever he releases a new course or he updates a course, you get a notification from Pluralsight and you immediately see, ah, there's a new IoT course or something interesting. Let's go and watch that. Okay. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thank you. It was my pleasure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you and uh, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Could you please go to ratethispodcast.com slash developerweekly and rate this podcast and leave a review. This helps me to spread the word about the podcast and helps other people to find it. That is ratethispodcast.com slash developerweekly. Thank you so much.